What is up, everybody? Welcome to this Trainwreck Sports Podcast, where we are here to pay the bills. This is Jake Micah, and joined tonight from Cover One, uh, the breakfast sandwich connoisseur himself, Aaron Quinn, 716. Aaron Quinn from Cover One, how we doing? Jake, dude, how's it going, man? First of all, I do got to say, uh, when you first reached out to me about coming on Trainwreck, I thought it was going to be with Maniac to discuss Vanderpump Rules and the upcoming season of <laughs> Vanderpump Rules. So um, I'm a little disappointed Maniac's not here. And I had some notes for VPR uh, upcoming season. So let him know when you see him that uh, I felt a little switched. He said he was going <laughs> to talk to me about that at some point. I thought tonight was the night. <laughs> well, uh, that just means we're going to hook you back in for a VPR update in the offseason because I know it's a big season coming up. <laughs> I've been I've been catching up. I just started season one uh, a couple weeks ago, so I'm trying to get trying to get into it, and uh, it, it's it's hitting for me. It is. Yeah, so, blow but, through it. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get into that. We got to save the good stuff for later on. And this week, we just have to yeah. talk about the AFC East title on the line, Week 18. The Bills could either win or miss the playoffs, but nothing major, you know. Other than that, Big we one. have a lot of time in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, glad to have you here, man. It, it's been it's a it, pleasure to have you up here, and. Uh, the first way we start off this show after a win is a victory Thursday. And the Bills did defeat the New England Patriots on Sunday. Uh, it feels like a lifetime ago because this week just feels like it's dragging on this week. But um, a couple things about this game I wanted to ask you. that feel like turnovers for a defense are kind of fluctuating in the NFL. And this team has turned into a team where they they create a lot of turnovers. I think they're second in the league in creating turnovers this year now. Mm-hmm. Um is this a is this sustainable or is this luck? Do you think the the recent run of turnovers because they've been able to do it really since the, the you know the last couple of weeks yeah um, and 
it's a weapon that a team can use, obviously, and there have been teams that have been carried by it where it's kind of a fluky thing, too. So do you think this is for real about this Bills defense? Because that's a weapon for them if they can count on that going into this playoff run. I would say it's tough, right? Because I do think there's some extent where turnovers are a bit fluky. Um, they are not predictable. Uh, you can do things to put yourself in the right position, which I think Sean McDermott does a good job again, especially defensive backs, getting them in the right position to clog throwing lanes and give quarterbacks certain looks where you're hoping to put yourself in position to get takeaways, but to actually generate them, I do think it's a bit fluky. I don't think you can rely on it week in and week out, um, especially the ones against the Patriots, right? Like Bailey Zappi had some good parts of the performance in that game, but those were some bad turnovers from a young quarterback with minimal experience. So I don't think that you can rely on those kinds uh, as often here as they hopefully go on a playoff stretch here, but that ability for not just Russell Douglas, who's been playing ball hawking cornerback since he got here, everybody's getting their hands on the ball, right? Terrell Bernard continues to get his hands on the ball. You see Christian Benford uh, stripping balls out of people's hands. Those kind of things where you see people really attacking the ball, I think is coaching. Um, and I do think you will see them be continue to be opportunistic because they're coached that way. And the way they run these coverages, I think present gives those guys opportunities to make plays on the ball and players like Russell Doug, Douglas can sit and off coverage and really bait and just get cornerback or get a quarterback to throw those kind of, um, you know, loose with the ball type th- plays yeah. that you can get interceptions, but I don't Bailey, think Bailey Zappi was certainly uh, loose with the ball. He on, was loose. That's a way to say it. <laughs> You're not going to, you might get two to throw three or four of those a game, but yeah. Bailey threw probably his first eight passes were <laughs> questionable, you know, until he got a little bit going and got in a rhythm. And I actually liked a bunch of what I saw from Zappi, but yeah, you're not going to get a lot of those performances, but I do think, especially with how up and down and high variance, the bills offense is played and knowing you almost go into a game, down a turnover right now with this bills offense like you you just assume they're going to turn the ball over at some point so the bills defense i do think needs to find ways to continue to be opportunistic and get the ball back to offset some of the sloppy play we've seen with the offense it's it's the craziest thing that that's the story of this season going into this last week is that we're 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 hoping that the defense can stay as consistent as they've been to kind of oh. uphold this offense because it's the exact opposite of what we thought this team would be i guess but there are offensive uh, question marks at the moment. There's a lot sure. of things. There's a lot of digs, snap count discussion going sure. on right now. Uh, Allen didn't particularly look strong. I, I believe that game was eerily similar to the 2021 Falcons game. It looked like from mm. Allen. I said that in the post game show. You did too. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we were all on the same page with that. It just kind of felt like his he was you know missing guys, and that it was similar in that game. So yeah. he does have the finger issue. Everything else. So do you think it was just like a a weird week for Allen. Do you think that there is more to Diggs uh, missing snap counts and just, you know, personnel and trying to keep him fresh for this upcoming week? And where do you, do you think that there is, these are easily fixable things? So that's what I got out of the last couple of games. Or it's, it's, yeah. And it's the story of the season, right? This, it's, this offense has had a lot of self-inflicted wounds mm-hmm. and it felt like some of those kind of warts have come up the last couple of weeks where before yeah. we were just praising Dorsey, praising Dorsey for his kind of, uh, his flexibility and adaptability with this offense. Now it feels like the last couple of weeks they've gotten punched in the mouth a couple of times and haven't had the answers, but the quarterback also just hasn't been sharp really. Like right. I don't think he was sharp in that Chargers game. He definitely wasn't sharp uh, last week against the Patriots. So what's fixable and what yeah. are you actually concerned about here coming out of that game? Well, and you have to go back to the Cowboys game. He wasn't relied on, right? Like you didn't yeah. need to because the run game was so good. So it's really been creeping up for a little bit here. Um, 
there's a lot to unpack with this. So this is a conversation that I've had with Eric, Abonji and Greg of talking about um, it's hard in football is such a small sample size sport to begin with, right? You had 16, 17 games. That's not a huge sample to work with. And then we get in a habit as media or people that watch fans and we slice that small, already pretty small sample size up and we slice it up into smaller pieces so that we can look at, especially when you fired your offensive coordinator, you have these splits in the season, right? And so that's a small sample of what we know of Joe Brady, Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills offense, what five six weeks here that's a super small sample size um to go off of and so we got real excited when we saw it come out hot and then it's kind of settled in a little bit but within those small sample sizes so last week right the snap count for digs going down the targets for digs going down but when you watch the game back you see digs got open plenty mm-hmm. so that concern that kind of alleviates some of the concern is like is digs falling off right we saw digs get open plenty the connection doesn't seem great. There's been a little bit more drops happening. Again, some of that's probably on Josh. Some of it's on Dig. Some of it's just natural. Well, it, to be fair, there seems like a lot of people that are dropping Josh screen passes right now. So I think he does need to do a little <laughs> something about that. It's not just Digs. Um, yeah. I know for a fact Josh throws the ball too hard. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like we there's we can praise Josh all day long. We also got to be able to criticize some of the things that he does. Mm-hmm. I'm still in contending um, that one. I think was it the Tampa Bay game where one went off. Uh, Gabe Davis's hands yeah, uh, for an interception. Yes, Gabe should have caught that, but Josh put that thing at like 110 miles an hour, eight (laughs) yards away. It doesn't need to do that stuff. So some of those, um, you know, when we see these decreases in snap count or inefficiency or whatever, we really should go back and look at the game because when you're slicing it down, you know, to make my point here, when you slice it down to that small of a sample size, it's really the difference between like four or five plays, right? Like if he doesn't hit digs on a couple open plays that were going to go for big yardage, the whole narrative in this whole conversation looks differently. If he hits uh, digs for like two more catches for 30 to 40 yards, nobody's batting an eye at the snap count. We're not talking mm-hmm. about anything. We're like, okay, you know, he came off for a little bit more, some situational football stuff. All that happens. We can live with that. But the fact that there were some drops mixed in and he didn't hit him on some of the open stuff, that's where the cause for concern comes up. I will say um, it's this is probably the toughest part of this year, dude, is something even with Joe Brady doesn't feel right about mm-hmm. how Josh is operating this offense yet. You know me, you follow me on Twitter long enough. Like I love metrics. They're all saying this offense super good, right? Like we're sitting here going into the biggest game talking yeah. about, well, we need the defense to continue to play well, but this offense is, has like this concern, but all the metrics show they're a top three offense in the NFL. But I think we're going into this week thinking, what offense are we going to get? Are we going to get the super high explosive offense that can score a lot of points? Are you going to get the team that struggles to score 20 and turns the ball over a ton of times? Like, And that's the dynamic of this this team this year. So high variance. Well, I'm glad you're as confounded by the advanced metrics and the play on the field this year as I am. Because I look, I look to you for a lot of that and a lot of the guys that cover one to kind of just break it down for me. Like, what am I looking at with this data? And it feels like it's been confusing this year, but it feels like, the one thing I feel like is just this team is, is situationally like, and they have good red zone numbers. They have good third down numbers, but it just feels like they have like not, it's not even like 10 minute spells of games. It's like three minute, multiple three minute spells of games where you, they just like lose their identity completely. And then Josh, it was great that you mentioned that he had nothing to do with that Cowboys game really, because he's such a guy that needs to be in a rhythm, right? Like mm-hmm. he needs to be, he needs to be feeling confident. He needs to be that like he, he, they mentioned that when Dorsey left, like how much they wanted to get back into a better rhythm and everything like that. I don't know. 
if it should take you two games to get back into a rhythm after being used, I would I would mention not. But I also think Bill Belichick had a good game yeah. plan against Brady and B- Joe Brady, just young offensive coordinator going against one of the you know best defensive minds of our time. It can be a it can be an issue. Like, and we yeah. know that they were that was their Super Bowl on Sunday. Is what it comes down to motivation level, which I think is one of my things that people don't look at enough in professional sports when you see sure. some results that you see. That was the Patriots, like whether Bill Belichick, whatever happens in the next couple of weeks, those players were going to go out and play that game like it was everything to them because either they're yeah. playing for their head coach or they're playing for another team next year because this organization mm-hmm. might be going through the biggest shakeup it's ever had in its existence, right? Yeah. So it's it's a lot of factors that went into that game. I think the Bills were a little tight, honestly, especially Josh and just that crowd was... It was awesome to see, and I hope that we get to see another game next week there. But all, all in all, great win. Uh, got held serve what they needed to do. Got the help where they needed it to be to have this Week 18 matchup with the Dolphins. Uh, so we'll get into that game in a second. I just want to see where you're at with this Steelers, Ravens, Jaguars, Titans yeah. scenario because I feel pretty good about the Ravens having a chance to win this game, right? And right, hold on, we have a comment here from. Uh, from Mike, some EPA stats for us uh, from Anthony cover one for 2023, Josh Allen EPA of 12.14 on 34 throws of 20 plus air yards. And since week 11, Josh Allen has an EPA of negative 2.88 on 25. Yeah. So, but the weird, again, so confounding this bills team is they've been generating more explosives, but I think that goes to a bigger philosophical conversation of, does air yards equal explosives, right? And we had that conversation for years with Josh. Of he's got this big arm, we need to air it out. Um, but the Miami Dolphins, I think, have shown us that you can generate a lot of explosives without going high mm-hmm. in air yards. Because you look at Tua, and he's got a lot, he actually has a great EPA of throwing plus twenty air yards. He just doesn't do it. Yeah. Um, so um, it is interesting that the EPA has gone down, um, but it does seem like the Bills' offense has been able to generate more explosives under Brady. Yeah, I mean it's it's been and it's been an interesting because and you guys have mentioned it too. Like it, it, philosoph- a lot of schematic things have not changed with his offense, but it does feel like Brady just has a different vision for how it should how it should function. But this so the Steelers Ravens matchup. Uh, I have a lot of faith in the Ravens coming out. Like we just talked about the Patriots playing hard against a rival team. Like Steelers Ravens is never a game where teams like that's just not yeah. in their organizational culture to to play down in this game. And with the Titans. It's really down to how much Mike Rabel uh, can get out of these guys and get them up for this because it feels like he's a guy who can – he's obviously been one of the better coaches of the last couple of years. Ryan Tannehill, I, he's getting the start, I believe, and could be playing for a job next year or sure. anything else, like a lot of motivation going into that. Do you have – are you even worried? Like are you even thinking about these games? Are you just like, ah, I'll let it see, like – Let's see what the results happen and everything else. But I'm really just want to beat Miami. Like, where are you at kind of just as a fan perspective and really what you think is going to happen too? Right. I, so one, I never, uh, it's win, right? The bills got to take care of and handle their own business. And that's really my only concern and focus. And I think they have a winnable matchup uh, ahead. I really do. I I feel pretty good about that, those chances, but I'd be a fool to say that I'm not going to be glued in with that being the night game (laughs) during the day. I'm going to be glued in to see if they can, you know, I mean, winning the division is huge 
either way. And the getting a home playoff game would be massive. And then pushing Miami to possibly having to travel uh, in the playoffs would be huge swing here for a game like this. So there's a lot on the line, even if the day goes well for the Bills and the Bills are punched their ticket to get into the playoffs being the two seed versus being whatever six, seven, whatever the possibilities are, depending how these games go um, huge difference. So there's still a lot to play for no matter what. Um, but yeah, no, I'm going to be tuned into these ones. Actually, I saw Garofolo earlier this evening said uh, some confidence building for Trevor Lawrence's availability. Mm. But what does that mean? Right. What does he look like? That team has been super interesting here over the last month with his injury mm-hmm. seemingly kind of hanging on to early season success and trying to not lose grasp of that playoff positioning and stuff. Um, you know, for a month ago, people thought they would be possibly playing for the one seed and now they're kind of just hanging on trying to get yeah. through here. Uh, so that's a, a weird one, but to back to that uh, Ravens Steelers ones, it, it, that's probably the only thing that gives me much cause for concern is how the NFL sets this up now with the divisional games at the last week is divisional games are so wacky. Right. That was part of what went into the Patriots one beating the Bills this year and then going right to the really up to the last uh, whatever, six minutes of that game last week. Division games are weird. You know each other. And so really anything can happen in either one of these games. Um, I do feel confident knowing that the Ravens are sitting their MVP caliber quarterback, but that they have Huntley. And I don't think he's a pro. Like it's fun to pick, make that joke that he participated in a pro Bowl, right? But he's a good, that's a solid backup. That's like Tyrod in his prime as a backup, probably. So I feel good that he can go out there and get that job done. So I, I feel like if I had to put a confidence meter or something on Yeah, there, give, me a, give me a meter, one to 10. Love a good One to 10, meter. I'd feel, I, between these two games, I feel like a seven or eight that somebody's going to take care of what they need to for the Bills here. All right. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm about there too, I think. I, I really feel confident in that Ravens game. Just Steelers, Ravens. I feel like it'd be nice and poetic for the Steelers to lose to someone's backups on the last game of the season, you know, for our Bills chances here. But I'm I'm focused on Sunday night. I will be watching these games. I'll be paying attention. But we have a big one Sunday night. We have Bills at Dolphins, Sunday night football, AFC East on the line. I think when we looked at the schedule, everybody kind of was like, oh, maybe that. Maybe that'll be down for, you know, hoping not, hoping that the Dolphins wouldn't be at the pace that they were at this year. But a little, maybe a little chance, like knowing that this could be the uh, mm-hmm. how the stars could align, and here we are. So, but would uh, you have? What if I was on this podcast, like honestly, like four or five weeks ago? Would mm-hmm. you have thought this game was still going to be for the division five, six Ooh. weeks ago? Ooh, I. So I, I don't know. Early don't, November. Hmm. I don't think that after that Eagles game, I was I was thinking that it was for the division. I kind of thought that the defense was just broken to a point where I couldn't trust them. And that's why I was so that's why my first question was like, Aaron, explain this defense to me because I don't right. know what the hell's going on. Um, but I as it's come up, you know, later, like I guess no, I wouldn't have. I would not have said that because I would have thought Miami would have beaten that winning that won that Titans game. And I would have guessed that we would have yeah. been in here facing the backups. That Titans game was huge. ridiculous. I mean, it was huge, but it was like, what was it? Three minutes left. The first, it was, oh, and uh, I can't remember the numbers, like 727 or something teams have been down two scores with <laughs> under three minutes. So, yeah, I, I I can't really believe we're here. I really don't. And uh, the fact that they can miss the playoffs or win the division is one of the most 
it's one of the strangest things I've seen in NFL play. Like I'm a big playoff machine guy. Right. These are scenarios that you don't get very often. But as I was going through it and doing it, I'm like, damn, that's like, that's really it. And that's what you get with these seven playoff teams. There's so much parody in the AFC, all the AFC losses racking up against the bills. They were just like, I got to look out for towards the end of the year. Here we are, man. Here we are. It's a tough dude. It's the toughest of all the professional sports. One slip up. Look at the Dolphins, dude. They shouldn't even have to be worried about this game right now. This should be a rest your starters. We've locked up the division. The Bills slipped up. We took care of everything. We took care of business. And now they're hanging on, fighting for to be able to play a home playoff game, right? That, that's a huge swing for them, too. Like, they're already punched their ticket to the playoffs, so that's good for them. But they're a team that is heading in the wrong direction when it comes to mm-hmm. injuries at some key positions. And now there's a possibility that you would have to, like, travel to Kansas City in the play like you don't want that like i know kansas city's had some struggles and stuff but i don't think anybody wants to go to arrowhead in the playoffs and no. have to hope that patrick Mahomes doesn't have a fantastic day or wake up uh and I, the bills are a little bit the same way and so miami i think outside of their own stuff to play for i think them and the rest of the afc is hoping that the bills either miss the playoffs or are pushed down where they have to travel on the road and go play a tough team with a low seed uh, because nobody wants to play the Bills either, especially not come to Orchard Park and have to play the Bills. And so um, the NFL couldn't have asked for better ramifications in the way that the season ended and getting to slot this into Sunday Night Football makes it just the cherry on top of a really weird, wacky 2023 regular oh season year, right? Like we're, we're just talking about two teams in the kind of weird seasons they have. That doesn't even account for all that log jam to get to why you said this playoff picture has looked so convoluted where you have a team that could be either the two seed or out of the playoffs come whatever, 11 o'clock on Sunday. We won't know until the last tick of the regular season here. If that team's going to even make the playoffs, it's pretty insane. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. The NFL is getting exactly what they wanted out of this seven team playoff or, or seven team conference playoffs and getting all the drama that they get out of these division games. It's been some great moves to build this drama. Like you mentioned with the division games week 18 and now you have the extra week and you just the, the extra, the grind that it goes through and you get these teams that just everything evens out by the end of the year. Like you you mentioned with the Jaguars earlier, like they're everybody's, Oh man, they're the one seed Are the Jaguars flying high. Are they going to be the team that, you know, takes over for Kansas city is Trevor Lawrence going to be the guy who ascends. And then it always happens where you have the teams who start strong, fall flat and then go into the playoffs or you have the team like the Buffalo Bills who are rolling into the playoffs here. So it is weird that they're coming at each other from basically two different directions. I mean, 56 to 19 last week, it was just a, I'm a sicko Aaron. Yeah. I, I haven't watched hard knocks yet this year. Yeah. I watched, I watched the hard knocks episode last night when it came out, Did you? I, I locked in. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and watch, watch watched. them get hyped for this. Yeah. For this Ravens game and just watch it all come with it. It was a great watch. I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah. That's <laughs> one of those things as a fan, though, that um, I can't help but have some cause for concern of a team coming off a whooping like that. I know. Um, it could go two ways, right? Like they could just be dejected and not, you know, these injuries might pile up and they might just still take one on the chin here heading into the playoffs. But I'm assuming that there's a lot of pride in that locker room and they are going to come out swinging. We saw the chargers rebound really well from also That's taking facts. a whoop in and the bills had to go play them and they over exceeded expectations. Um, so I hate that playing a team that just got really embarrassed. Um, you never, you're not going to get embarrassed twice. 
No. There's no way this isn't a close game, right? Like, I feel like no matter what, it's going to be a close game. Like, even if in close game, I mean, like, under 10 points. Like, the Bills won, like, 30 to 21. I'm considering that a close game because it's probably, like, you know, back and forth a little bit until they pulled away. Like, there's no way it's not close throughout just from the tension and, like, yeah, I be out there. And I think this, like, we see these two teams in these offenses and think it's going to be some like explosive out Mm -hmm. offensive output. I think um, that Dallas Miami game three weeks ago, whatever it was like Christmas Eve game or something. That's probably the feel of this game. Like in the low twenties, you know, field goal to win it Teams struggling to get much more than field goals, a couple turnovers each way, a little bit of sloppy football. Uh, feels like neither team really wants to win the game. Like, that's the kind of game that I feel like we're we're heading towards. Well, the Bills and Dolphins do love to play into some of those types of games. So I want to I'm going to give you some uh, some trivia here, some surprise Uh-oh. trivia. The, the Bill, Josh Allen has lost two times yeah. in Miami. Obviously, the clip has gone around from the first time. You remember that? Do you remember that first game vividly? 2018. It was his first December game 2nd. against them, right? Yes. Yeah, I don't remember it vividly, but though that. He was in a rough patch. It was it was a rough patch. He did have nine rushes for 135 yards in this game. Yep. Um, do you remember? Did you see the video today of who who dropped the touchdown pass after a classic Josh Allen escape move, launched it to the end zone, and someone dropped it in the end zone? Down uh, 21-17. I did not see the video today, but I think I'm remembering it correctly. That was Charles Clay. Yes, it was yeah. Charles Clay. I it jogged my memory. It was something that I had compartmentalized and never right. remember how angry I was at Charles Clay in the moment. Because Allen, if you go watch and walk that watch that play, it's a classic Josh Allen like should have been sacked thirty yards behind right. the line of scrimmage, and then Josh is like, "Oh man, I didn't get enough get enough under it." It's like, bro, you just ran around for seventy yards before you threw the ball. Like, yeah, at least you could have done this catch it. Yeah. But nine rushes, 135 yards in this game is pretty crazy. He did have two picks, eighteen to thirty three for two thirty one. Uh, Tannehill had three touchdowns, 16 to 24. Uh, Jordan Phillips had a taunting penalty uh, that cost the Bills uh, sounds about third right. down stop. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. some things never change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the Bill, the Dolphins were able to score the go-ahead touchdown then. And Jerry Hughes also was screaming at an official and confronted them in the tunnel after the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that was this game. It's a good time. So that was the other loss besides, uh, besides 21-19 last year. Both these games, the Bills outgained the Dolphins uh, in this game. I believe, I think it was 495 to like 205 last year. In this game, it was like 435 to 175, I think. 415 to 175. So the Bills have some good, like, even when they lose in Miami, it's it's a ridiculous way to lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah in the last year's loss obviously like i know miami dolphins fans love to talk about how much bills fans cry and complain about the weather and like dude i'm the last guy i hate blaming games on the reps i hate blaming games on conditions i'm an anti-domer like my whole point of not wanting a dome was you have to go play in conditions yep. no matter if you have a dome or not you're gonna have to go travel in the winter play tough football games in tough crappy conditions most stadiums have that uh, what they experienced uh, early in the year last year was just above and beyond, I think. Um, and because I don't even fault Miami for having their stadium set up that way. It was just an anomaly of a day. Super hot day, team with lacking depth, injuries piling up. And it was just a perfect storm for stuff that I'd never seen before. Like we saw guys just like f- dropping like flies in the fourth quarter of that game um, to a point where it was like 
excessive, right? And so um, that also has to be in the variables of if when we talk about Josh Allen led Buffalo Bills versus the Miami Dolphins since 2018, one of those, I don't want to say has an asterisk in it, but like the bills were so depleted and like sucking down IVs and oxygen just to get through crazy. that game and still almost won. Yeah. It was still our guy justice tweeted out earlier. Imagine that Josh Allen would be undefeated against the dolphins. If it wasn't for two underthrows. like that's right. really all it comes down to yeah. in these games. So yeah, like it was, it was surreal. I've never seen anything like that. I've seen games in hot weather. You see like, especially college football, you see totally. the ticker and I see, congratulations to your to your wolverines i saw that sweater shirt there i'm not i'm i'm a penn state fan so i'm not as happy but i'm happy most people don't like podcast. the wolverines yeah so you're used to it it's yeah, okay yeah. but i respect it. it's all right um that's uh it was it was a crazy experience last year i don't think we're gonna get that kind of weather uh phenomenon mm-hmm. this time around but let's go back to week four so week four aaron you're gonna have to break this game down for me from what you can remember because i did not even get to watch this game live i was at my okay. girlfriend's nephew's uh baptism so i'm sitting there can't even check my literally started noon central here in chicago so i'm just sitting there like twiddling my thumbs or uh waiting to check in these updates i watched it back the next day but wasn't the same experience of watching the game in the flow of it live uh so it felt like from what i saw and what i was you know following along with and everything is that it felt like it was kind of heavyweights back and forth and then the bills just the defense really figured out a way to get to Tua and, and affect him more than the offense was going to go no matter what that day. And it's interesting that Ken Dorsey, it, this is his best performance. That's the bill's best point performance this year. And he's no longer uh, on this staff. So what was working so well for the bills offense and defense that and defense in the second half that day to kind of clamp down on the dolphins, but what was so uh, effective for the bills to get out to such a big lead 31 to 14 in the first half. Yeah, the way I remember it, they did trade punches till like pretty early in the second. I, I want to say those first four possessions, it was 14-14, uh, perhaps, maybe even. Um, and they were just going back. It felt like it was build up exactly what it was going to be, right? Where it's just going to be an offensive output. And they were just similar to that Chiefs game. It was just going to be who stops who uh, at the end. And then uh, I, the Bills were able to get generate some pressures on Tua. And the thing about a game like that, when your offense is scoring like that, you just need one stop, right? Yeah. If you can get uh, get yourself an arm's length, a two-score lead, especially against a team like Miami, I think there's a misnomer about uh, some of these brilliant offensive coordinators in the league and what people think brilliant offense looks like. Um, I think a lot of people think you got to spread it out and throw all the time to have good, successful offense in the league. And teams like San Francisco and Miami are really kind of the opposite, where it's based on having balance and it's based on having misdirection off the run game uh, with within the passing game. And so Miami, to in my opinion, plays best in close or with the lead, where they can still have that balance and still, yeah. you know, attack you with. Moser and uh, HN and some of their speed in the um, horizontal rushing game. And when you take that away from them and make it Tua's got to drop back and pass, it creates a couple of things. One, it gets them a little bit out of the quick passing game, which is super successful for them. Uh, when Tua can get the ball out of his hand quick in timing, we know they can just rip teams apart. And if Tyreek gets some space off a slant, like that's how that's their bread and butter. And that's where they're going to operate and win when it has to go to a taking more downfield and putting the ball downfield and the game in his hands. I think that plays well to the opponent because he's a good quarterback. He's super accurate, but he's not that guy. 
that's mm-hmm. gonna like put the team on his back and he's it's within the offense it's within everything that they're doing and it's playing close or with the lead um and so i think that that's got to be the same path here for the bills this week is what you did last time is get a few stops whether it's uh three and outs uh getting them to punt turning the ball over whatever it is you got to get a few stops and get out ahead of these guys so that you can make them one dimensional and then i think that's where you get these outcomes where you can get, you know build up a little bit of lead and make this a fun game uh for bills mafia but if you let them stay close even with the struggles they've had over the past five six weeks you know miami seems to be trending in the the wrong direction here and in the season but they still got explosive playmakers where if it's yeah. a close game to a hits uh tyreek on a slant that's ball game right like you you got to get out to a 10 plus point lead against a team like this to make them more one-dimensional yeah definitely and this is a team with the so one of the things i one of the great notes i wanted to mention here that you were great points that you brought up that i wanted to mention here the balance of both these offenses is yeah. is really striking because you look at the Pass play percentage called this year, they're 21st, like Miami, like this mm-hmm. high flying offense. They're bottom, bottom third of the league. They're 12th in rush play percentage. The Bills are six or uh not sixth, are seventh in rush play percentage and 26th in that pass play. Like these are teams that are on the top half of the league in, right. in plays called to run the ball and bottom half for passing. So, like you're saying here, now they're not going right. for explosives. They want to they I mean they want to get explosives through the run game too. Yeah. Like James Cook and Raheem Moser and Devin Achain are gonna get you a lot of yards on their get yep. on the ground. I think a chain is or is is a chain or Moser. I can't remember who it is, but they're like eight yards a carry right now. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Something like yeah. that. And you look at like um off um, right now and i'm on uh, uh ftn fantasy which does dvoa and all that stuff and you look at like adjusted line yards and running back yards and miami's third in adjusted line yards and first in running back yards bills are first in adjusted line yards and seventh in running back yards so like uh p- people talk about uh johnson from detroit as a, the hottest head coaching candidate they're second in adjusted line yards third in running back yards like San Francisco's right up there. All these great Baltimore is in the top six. Everyone thinks of offense in the NFL as well, you've got to throw the ball all the time. And it's so quarterback heavy and driven, but really we're seeing the data shows that you have to be balanced and balance isn't 50, 50, right? Like Greg and I talk about this all the time, but this is where I think Ken Dorsey got into trouble is being so one dimensional. Mm-hmm. We heard teams talking about what they knew what they were going to do. And we're sitting here talking about, well, how do you beat the Miami Dolphins is to create, get them to be one dimensional. Right. And so uh, I think that's one of those weird things that fans and media believe what offense should look like and what explosive off- offense does look like in 2024. But what it actually looks like is more kind of conservative, older school idea yeah. of football, more balance. Right. It's, it is. It has been a crazy uh turn in like philosophy and style as you've seen it because and this is a great point from mike here to have been sacked 12 times in the last four games he was sacked 12 times in the previous eight games those are those early games are holding up his sack percentage right now or the team sack percentage yeah yeah, he's been under fire a lot more recently and this is a bills defense that can get after the quarterback it's one of the things i've been most i was the highest on them coming into the year because of the assets they had of that defensive line and when you get to you get into these months and you see these teams that make the runs like the bills are on as we're talking right now, it's because they have a great quarterback. Two of the things that they usually always have is a quarterback, either an elite quarterback or a quarterback who's playing like he's elite yeah. and a dominant defensive line who can disrupt the game no matter what else is going on. And that feels like what the Bills have at their core right now. They have Josh Allen who can take over a game and they have guys like Ed Oliver, the Pro Bowl snub himself, uh, and yeah. other guys on that line that can that can really just take over and 
destroy a team's offensive game plan. So yeah, that's a that's got to be a big thing against Tua uh, going forward. But you mentioned uh, you mentioned the um, I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought. So we'll just jump into something else here. Yeah, yeah. What do you think the biggest advantage for the Bills is going into this game? This can be offense, defense, special teams. Uh, the fifty-two percent of tickets sold to Bills fans, yeah. supposedly, uh, and, uh, and that number is apparently climbing from Vivid Seats. So, it'll um, be crazy. It's my, I think just like you were just talking about the Bills defense, I see um, sort of it's the opposite right now, in my opinion, for the Miami defense. Right, so I see the advantage for the Bills is this Miami defense without Phillips and Chubb lacking some ability to get after Josh Allen. I think the interior of that defense is good. Like Christian Wilkins is one of the best interior pass rushers, but yeah. it's, that seems to be something uh, a running theme. And every single week that I've gotten ready for uh, any team, there's some incredible all world interior defensive linemen coming up week in and week out. So you got to deal with that, but not having the high end edge rushers that they've had in the past here and uh, that they've had this season allows you to dictate a little bit more, uh, attention towards the interior so i think that's going to be a problem for them is can they get pressure on josh allen and can the bills take advantage of josh allen maybe not getting as much pressure as you would think and i think the back end of the miami defense outside of jalen ramsey safety play has been okay uh, but i think there's a lot to exploit there with Xavier howard being out uh, i think that the rotation um what are they doing it's uh a rotation right now yeah with Cody. eli apple and yeah, yeah. Um, that's not going to hold up against nope. anybody. Um, and so I would attack that. Their linebacker play has been very suspect as well. Um, that's where you saw really Baltimore took advantage of it with those leak plays mm -hmm. to Ricard and likely you saw those guys get out. That's just creating confusion and getting linebackers way off their spots. Uh, guys don't get that open unless somebody's doing something wrong on the defensive side. So I would attack those linebackers. I would drop back. Um, Really, th this defense, Vic Fangio, I like him. I think that he's a pretty good defensive coordinator. I think he's a little overstated how good he <laughs> is, um, especially the way people talked about Leslie Frazier versus Vic Fangio. I think it's a lot more similar than people yeah. think. Um, but this defense has similar problems to what the Bills defense has always been accused of, right? They don't tackle particularly well. Um, they can create some turnovers, but they, they are leaky. They have opportunities to be leaky. So I expect a heavy dose of James Cook. Uh, again, like the Bills have been doing, keep that up in the passing game. I think there'll be some opportunities there, but I think you need to get this Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs connection. Not Stefan Diggs doesn't need to come out and have a career day, but you need to be able to work him into matchups that are favorable against a pretty weak secondary, get him away from Ramsey, get him into some of these favorable positions and get him some both confidence and get that clicking again heading into the playoffs because i think that's the one thing all fans need to see i think josh and steph need that connection to click a little bit to give them that type of confidence you need to say like all right we found out we can win with james cook right we can beat a good team with the run mm -hmm. game khalil shakir's done some nice things kincaid's not like all these guys that these we've got some nice pieces we know gabe davis can have a big game at any point but not knowing like the connection between Allen and Diggs have been so consistent, so automatic. But the last month and a half, it doesn't feel like it's automatic. It doesn't feel like it's that go-to thing where if we're down 10 in the third quarter, we can just go to Diggs and know that that's going to be open and work no matter what. I want that feeling back. And I don't know if you can get it back in this game, but I would like to try. And that's where I would attack is get Diggs matched up. Some of these, you know, get him on Eli Apple and get that confidence back. He was six for 120 for three touchdowns in week four. 
Yeah. So it's a, it's a team that he's had success against. Obviously, yeah. it's 14 weeks But he was ago. cooking in that first month of the season. Yes, he was. He was on a different level. It does feel like it, it does feel like that that was kind of the Joe Brady, uh, like his idea was like, we, we can win in mul- I know we can win in different ways. Let's try to do, let's try to take advantage of this more where early on in the season, Josh was, Josh was feeding digs a lot of those games. And I, yeah. and I was a guy early on this season, even at the end of last season, was like, just go to 14. Like, what are we doing here? Like, why are we, yeah. why are we, whatever we don't have. And I'm not, obviously I'm on the wide receiver train. I'm not a big fan of, the weapons that they've had outside of digs for the last couple of years, even yep. I would have preferred them to pick somebody. So that was a big thing. And then you could tell it just wasn't, it wasn't working and it wasn't clicking and everybody else was kind of becoming a little more disconnected. And so I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I like this other reality though, where it seems like digs is the one it really, it's an old school thing, but it really makes me mad seeing him walk off the field on any of these like third downs or, run plays because it's like, okay, if Trent Sherfield's out here, you're probably running the ball. Like why are right. we need to do some different stuff, but it's been working. So I can't be too upset with it, but working too. I mean, the last couple of weeks has been more of a struggle, I guess. So yeah, it, it's a weird, I don't know, man. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Cause like you said, I think early on in this show, we have no idea what offense is going to come into this game. And so I've like trying to project this game out, but I don't know what they're going to, I don't know what they're going to do. And that's a, uh, I think a good thing about Joe Brady is that he's been able to come up with different uh, types of ways to attack defenses. Yeah. But I just don't know if it's going to be going to work out. <laughs> and yeah. then, so that's what I'm kind of at, man. What I will say is I still feel pretty confident that the team that's beat the bills the most is the bills yes. this year. Right. Like, so none of the games that I do think bill Belichick did a really nice job um in the last matchup i think that he gave josh some fits in the last two matchups he's had josh's number uh the last couple of times outside of that though the losses and the close games i put most of the blame on sloppy play bills specific Mm -hmm. play not hey they were so out coached by whatever defensive coordinator and they just look totally outmatched and anything like that it seemed to be more execution driven player specific just issues like you said it would just be a stretch of two to three drives in a game where it's like what the heck and we were just in this game and now it's you know now we're never it was like a a wow moment for me uh can't remember might have been i think it was jacksonville when the first they had snapped the streak for first quarter points yeah i was like oh i was like i don't like that stat like that's not something you want to see and then it just kept going and going and going weirder yeah Yeah. it felt like their identity is just like it's felt like it's been like four three or four different identities this year yeah a, no. a sneaky another side advantage and again this is the fan a little bit in me i don't care at all about pro bowls couldn't care who <laughs> it, who's I in know. it i don't care at all i uh, uh i promise that for my for my brother who really gets worked up about pro bowls but i'm more aligned with you like uh, whatever i'll give yeah. you all pro like yeah i don't care about pro bowls. <laughs> but i do think um nobody makes up chips and like things to inspire themselves more than athletes professional athletes and like josh allen not making the pro bowl key guys that should be considered pro bowl players around the league not making it i'm hoping uh sean mcdermott hung that roster up and everyone that didn't Mm. make it's locker room just to get them a little bit extra there's so much to play for in this game i don't think you need to get anyone up but i would want to play josh allen knowing that he's pissed that he didn't make the pro bowl considering he thinks he's done pretty well so i think there's an additional advantage baked in here that i do think the bills feel 
only two guys on their team getting Pro Bowl nods is a bit of a disrespectful thing to a team that, yeah, maybe they had a bit of a down year here, but they've been one of the best teams in the NFL for three, four years here now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for the Dolphins, mm-hmm. what are you? What is so? What are you worried about? What do you think the Dolphins are going to take advantage of? There's a couple of things I think that they could they could look at. Yeah. So normally, I. Honestly, Tyree Kill is always your number one concern when you're playing the Dolphins, but the Bills have done a pretty good job, even dating back to the Kansas City days outside of the third, you know, a couple big plays that he had. They've contained Tyree Kill much better than most have. Uh, but that type of speed, and I think his speed is what is representative of what the Dolphins are right now and what makes them special and what has gotten them into the position there are is he's not the only one with that game breaking speed and explosive ability. And I think that's what just is when you have a team like that, that has five or six guys that has game breaking speed and a quarterback that if given, he doesn't need a lot of time, but if given time and clean pocket can get the ball accurately to them to allow them to make plays and knowing that the bills struggle to get guys down on the ground, especially at the second level, whether it's in the run game, or in the past game, those are the ones that kill me because we know this Bills defense will get some stops. I think they'll get some turnovers. They'll keep this team within the game, but same thing that happens to the offense. There'll be three or four drives in the second half where it's like, dude, this de- this the defense was playing lights mm-hmm. out for like six drives in a row, and now they just got carved up and down on the field for three drives. The, that type of inconsistency still plays in, and I think Dolphins' biggest advantage is that explosion that they have. Guys like HN just keep me up at night knowing that if he gets to the outside, I like our run defense when everybody's playing their gap and playing well. And (laughs) I like what Jordan Poyer's done this year, being up and playing in the box a little bit more. I think Terrell Bernard's done a really good job. Tyrell Mm -hmm. Dodson's played the run fit really well, but if they can get on the outside of some of these edges and get him going in space, like those are the types of big playability players that you could be dominating a game and they can get you get that team back in a game. And so having that explosive playmaker ability at different levels of their offense is what scares me. Um, their injuries are definitely compounding, not having waddle or maybe a one footed waddle. We'll see come game day could be big for the bills, but this offense, even without him in it still is very um, uh, tough to defend. Yeah. It's, it's a, there's a lot of weapons all over there and McDaniel is, is great at scheming them open. So yeah, that's a, the, the Tyree kill. I, I'm never more afraid of watching a football player play against my team than I have of Tyree kill. So I, I don't care if he was in a walking boot or if he's was limited in practice or anything like that. And uh, glad to hear like his, his family's okay. And everything. Yes. A crazy story yesterday with the, the situation in his house, but like, yeah, still like that is the guy who stares me the most in the NFL. There's a, there's an argument you can be made with Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. It's Tyreek for me. And he, he is going to leave his mark on this game somehow. It doesn't yeah. mean that the Bills will won't be able to, you know, keep him from taking it over, but right. he's going to leave a mark on this game somewhere or another. I wonder if he returns some kicks in this game, this kind of in this kind of environment. I don't know if they do that with his with his injury status, but he could insist on it. Um, yeah. We've seen him do that in the past. He's just a guy that you have everywhere. But it's uh, yeah, there's a lot of lot of speed, a lot of speed on this Dolphins well, team. And that's interesting you bring that up of like, hey, I don't think they'll go to that in this situation. I think Barrios does okay enough work yeah. for them. He's not explosive like Hill is, but that's the one thing where I do think these teams are in a little bit different spots. And I think you talked about it a little bit earlier here. Um, I believe like that matters. I think a team that's more desperate in the mm-hmm. NFL matters uh, of if they're trying to win that game or not, teams that are more inspired. And so I also do think you'll see a Bills team 
that maybe pulls out a little bit more. This is the game where like you could not be playing next week where Miami doesn't have that, right? Like Miami has a lot to lose mm-hmm. and losing home field advantage, all that stuff, but they're not going to dump the kitchen sink into this mm-hmm. particular matchup, right? Like they still have to save some stuff where the bills, I don't know that they have that advantage and you know, whether it's running Josh Allen in situations like yeah. it's all on the table. Now, whatever plans you were saving and secrets and tricks, like if you've got a trick play that you think is going to be the one to get you some points to get you an explosive, like these are the kind of games now where it's desperation time for the bills. You got to pull out, you got to win this game. Uh, and so maybe it won't be that way. Maybe other teams take advantage and you can save some of those tricks for later, but going into this weekend, I do think barring other performances and other games, I think this is a game bills are one more desperate to win. And two, we're going to have to be that more desperate team that, throws a little bit extra into the fight uh, to make sure that they get the job done. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So this is a, we'll, we'll head off here. We'll let you go on the bills are minus three in this game. Do you think this is a three point game in the fourth quarter with under 10 minutes to go? Yeah, I think that's actually pretty good. I do because I, I was again in preparation for this. I watched that yesterday. I watched that Dallas game and that ended on a walk off field goal. And it felt like that that feels like what I'm getting prepared to watch is going to be just some close, uglier than we all want it to be game that just on the edge of your seat, your heart rate's racing. The Bills have just been doing too many of them for this season that tonight <laughs> that way, right? Yeah. Uh, are you, would you be, would you hit a button right now for a 44 yard field goal from Tyler Bass to go to the playoffs? Oh man. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to make it like 50 because I wouldn't yeah. hit it beyond 50, but like 44, like it's a reasonable range, but 44 he's, he's in around there in Miami. Although it might be some weather in Miami. I know. Weekend, yeah. Right? Um, yeah, we're about I the, will, the whole, man. the whole Northeast or the whole East is going to get hit with a storm. I think this, uh, yeah, weekend, that's what, so that we yeah. see systems going through, which might bode well for our Ravens Steelers thing if there's a hey. big crazy rainstorm there. But uh, yeah. keep going, right? No, uh, so Tyler Bass is one that I'm torn on because again, if going into this year, even earlier this year, I was like, I was having conversations of like, he's not getting enough recognition, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this guy's a good kicker in this league, but then he he didn't even have that big of a slump. Again, we come back to small sample sizes, but he, he had a little bit of a slump where it shook my confidence in him and there haven't been enough opportunities for him to win the game yeah. in with a big kick. And even in this last six weeks, I don't think he's had any real big time kicks. They've all been like 30 something yard kicks. So we haven't seen him in those opportunities to win a game. So I, I don't want it to come down to that for my <laughs> own. I eat too many bacon loaded breakfast sandwiches for my heart to continue to have games like this. But there is a part of me that wants to see him nail a big freaking walk off game winner because I think he needs that. I think he needs it in his resume. I think he needs it in his bag. I think his confidence needs it. So it would be horrible for me as a fan to have to sit through a game that requires a walk off kick, but it probably for this team and for him and going forward, you're probably going to need another one of those. It'd be good to get that confidence in him that he can do it. Right. I'd, I'd rather have him hit it now than if we're that'd be. I'd rather be. I guess I'd rather you uh, know the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather know though going in. If oh, it, if I don't know good. if I could lose this season on like a, a on a wide right or, or something. something. Yeah, yeah. Like oh that's, my god, that's I'm just trying to prepare myself for all scenarios going into Sunday because right now this is where I get in like Thursdays, like the range where I'm like, oh, the game it's still so far away, and then the nerves will just start getting up as we go along. Sorry, right, rapid fire, quick questions here, and then we'll go. 
Josh Allen turnover in this game. Yes or no? Yeah. Yeah. To a turnover. Yes. Who will have more yards, James Cook rushing or Stefan Diggs receiving? James Cook rushing. Who is the leading receiver for the Buffalo Bills? James Cook. Oh, okay. Um, Ed Oliver, over two and a half sacks in this game. Or over one and a half sacks, sorry. Uh, one and a half. I'll go the under. All right. All right, yeah. one sack. That's my formula is is the Oliver. Oliver dominates this game, pushes the interior of the pocket mm-hmm. into Tua, disrupts him, gets him off his pocket. Getting Tua off his pocket, he, he, can, he is not a great – I don't know what the stats say for him, but I've always been. No, you got to get him off his Yeah, just get him off his pocket, get him off his drop, and he's much less I, uh, functional in that. Respect. I will put a uh, notation on my Oliver under two sacks. I think with if you add in assisted, okay, sacks he will generate some assisted. All right, like, he's been doing that all season. He probably leads the league in assists. Uh, yeah. Like half those Leonard Floyd sacks have come from at Oliver pressure. <laughs> yeah, Oliver, Oliver, almost yeah. getting the quarterback and Floyd cleaning it up. Yeah, it's been a, been a thing today. All right, well, thank you so much for for joining, Aaron. No problem. Hopefully, man. we get some seventeen plus fourteen equals six. Yeah, get some touch, some digs, touchdowns. James Cook, big receiving game, and a Bills win, and then we can uh, we can keep our stuff going here. These podcasts talking about playoff football next week. So we're I'm not ready to dive into draft yet. No, me neither. So, Garrett, where can we find you next week when you are previewing the Bills hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars or Houston Texans or somebody like that? So, you can always find Greg and I Wednesdays on the Cover One YouTube channel. Um, even in the offseason, we'll be back on Wednesdays. Uh, and then we're always the post-game show. So, you can always find us there, Cover One YouTube channel. Um, you guys know how to use the internet, people out there. So, just type Cover One into whatever site you go to. We are on all the social sites and stuff. So, you can find us. You're all smart. I believe in you. Thank you. That's that's the, that's the best best way to plug. Just be like, listen, yeah. just search the name. It'll, it'll pop up. You guys are all smart Everywhere. people. You guys yeah. are smart. All right. Go Bills. We paid the Bills. Have a good night, folks. Uh, See you Sunday. Go Go Bills. Bills.